Okay. One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all Heard, a podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And uh, we're getting by, you know. We, we're going to dip into some weird stuff today. Yeah, cool. Yeah. In other words, we'll tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Uh, Pete, instead of how are you, because really it's pointless to ask anymore. How are you? Answer this in any way you want. Celebrating Cinco de Mayo. You know what's weird? I didn't what? know it. Of course, I know that May 5th is coming. But um, I didn't know that it was... Cinco de Mayo was coming up. What was weird about it is that I, when I went grocery shopping, I did buy taco shells. I did buy taco cheese. Oh. Taco seasoning. There's no point to eat a taco then. Taco seasoning. Well, you said you didn't buy cheese or you did? No, no, no. I bought, I bought the seasoning, the tacos, the cheese, and I got ground chicken instead of ground beef. That's fine. Then I <laughs> use the taco seasoning to make, with the chicken, to make meatballs. <laughs> taco meatballs. What? Why? Because I don't know what else to do with myself, Marissa. <laughs> Wait, but why don't you just make tacos? And then I open the closet and I'm like, oh, crap, I got tacos. What am I going to do with these tacos now? <laughs> and Ugh. I've just been putting the cheese on whatever. Eggs. Why don't you just break the meatballs in half and put them in the tacos? I already ate them. I, I don't even understand what happened. Okay. I would love a margarita, though. Do you have stuff? No. I I get, I get have a lime, which... It's been a very long time since I had a margarita. Oh, I had one a little while ago, and it was great. Uh, I was thinking I would mix lime juice with gin. So, guys, yesterday I infused gin with... Uh, fruity pebbles if you're like wow how'd you do that i'll tell you You just pour a bunch of fruity pebbles in gin keep it in a jar no i don't have measurements till it feels right and then normally to infuse something it should be a couple days but when you have something like cereal or candy i've learned that like a day is enough otherwise like then it totally disintegrates and becomes part of the alcohol and i just didn't like it so i just did it for like eight hours then I mixed it with almond milk and stevia. And it was pretty good, but for some reason. So, okay. I was like, oh, I'll pour it. But I couldn't totally sift the fruity pebbles out of it. So I was like, I need to use a spoon. And in my mind, I was like, oh, spoon. That's that's like such a small measurement. Not thinking like a shot glass has got to be like a couple tablespoons at most. Mm-hmm. So I just put like tablespoon after tablespoon after tablespoon being like oh my gosh this is such a slow way to pour it and i took a sip and i was like what the fuck (laughs) and i drank a very strong drink uh so i think i'm i think i'm not allowed to drink today when when was this earlier today no yesterday okay so i don't even think i'm allowed to drink today so yeah i'm doing nothing for cinco de mayo oh that's today (laughs) yes pete well Icebreaker. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you have one. Go ahead. So our regular listeners know what this show is about today because we told you last week. For those of you who aren't familiar, today we're going to be talking about goop. And so, Marissa, I would ask you one question, 
And I'm so sorry I have to do this, but could we put on the caveat that it's got to be like a like a really really like household name famous person? Fine. You know a lot of niche <laughs> famous yes. people. Yes. But if you had if if you were going to go all in and give someone the power that Gwyneth Paltrow seems to have over people, who would it be and why? What do you mean by that exactly? Elaborate. So it seems that she has these products and this, you know, uh, website and these writers and the staff and everything like that. Um, is there someone who, and, and, Oh, like I want them to have a lifestyle brand. Oh, go ahead. Not even necessarily that you want them to, but if they did, you would be like, Oh, I'll subscribe to that. And by the way, they are like, um, let's pretend they are possibly, Touting pseudoscience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I legit, I don't love that caveat, but okay. <laughs> because uh, you, I mean, what? like, with as much integrity as they have, you know, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Can you go first? I just, um, in my brain, right now, as I was asking the question, and right now, the only person <laughs> who's coming to mind. Is Jason Statham? The <laughs> <laughs> fuck? I know. And I guess the why of that is a little challenging. I don't really know why. It's just, as I was asking the question, it, it came to mind. Probably because he's bald, but he's still <laughs> like a badass. <laughs> hey, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> he is also, he has an accent. That, that helps to convince me that he knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in good shape, but you don't hear people talking about his diet like The Rock. Like, you know, like people talk about The Rock's diet or something. Okay. Shit, who do I love? I don't think I would go down like, uh, a, like a fashion road with him. But that's <laughs> just because we physically look completely different. So. Wait, but yeah, I'm confused. Again, like we want, we're going to go down any road with them? I'm just trying to think of, like you said, lifestyle brand. Like what else would he okay. be talking about? Like, if his pseudoscience stuff was like, here's how you keep an erect... That, that, that just made him an Australian person. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> like, here's how you get a boner, and it's like... I'd be like, I don't know, Jason Statham. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust anybody telling me how to get a boner. I know how to get a boner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't we all? <laughs> I know you're kidding, but that's going to come up later today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, ooh, this is hard. I had multiple people in my head and I forgot them all. They can be already. dead. Already. Not that you you would want to pick <laughs> Michael Jackson, but they could be dead. Well, this, okay, then I'll go with this. I respect her, and I did a deep dive to know how her face looks so good, and I wanted to know the cosmetic procedures, so when I get her age, I could consider the same cosmetic procedure she has. She admitted she has them. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Okay. So I would also listen to, like, how she's been living her life and shit. You know what? Because I considered saying J-Lo because she looks fabulous. I know it's not all about looks. but right. like This a lot is of sounding very like, vain. But yeah. I guess if you're talking about a lifestyle brand, then a good-looking person is going to help. <laughs> well, I, I don't even mean good-looking. I mean... I'd say a lifestyle brand that a woman heads up has a lot to do with aging well and being healthy and stuff like that. So, and like, probably like, you know, how to be the healthiest. J-Lo doesn't drink. 
So fuck that shit. <laughs> oh, also, okay. I feel like that might make a big difference, though. Oh, if I stopped drinking, my life would be amazing. I'm not going to stop drinking. <laughs> God, I have no vices. Who? who? <laughs> I was telling somebody. I forgot. Oh, I was telling my cousins. I forget the context, and I forgot what the whole conversation was. But I was like, and I was telling my therapist, I can't drink as much as I'd like to. So, and someone's like, you told your therapist you can't drink as much as you'd like to? And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie about the fact that, like, I wish I was drinking all the time. The whole like, reason you go to the therapist. Yeah. So you could be honest. Exactly. Uh, oh, okay. No, but also it's not just about being vain. Mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper, I love her fashion. I love the youthfulness she's had throughout her life. So I would want someone that looks good, has who seems like youthful at heart, is very open-minded. And I would say that's Cindy Lauper. And I would also be open to listen to what Amanda Palmer has to say. All right. Speaking of which, before we get into this, this is this is rocking my world today. Did you see the her and Neil Gaiman separated? Amanda Palmer. I saw a headline, and I couldn't okay. see the whole thing, so I didn't learn okay. anything. Uh, if you don't know who Amanda Palmer is, it's fine. I mean, she's a musician, and Neil Gaiman's a, a, a writer. But I will just say that like they are two artists, you know, counting writer as artists, that I respect so much. And then I found out they got, I don't know if they got, I guess they got married or became partners, but they were in an open relationship and had a child. And when people who I respect so much do something I can't wrap my head around, I'm like, maybe I'm just not enlightened enough. So I was like, maybe open relationships are really the answer. So let me say this correctly. The answer I'm not, to what question? <laughs> the answer to like making a relationship work. I do not think that at all. But I was like, you know, like, what am I doing wrong if they're making it work? Anyway. I'm not happy they're separated at all. Clearly you haven't learned anything from the Goop episode, Marissa. Well, (laughs) I'm, I'm actually feel very bad because I thought there was like a, 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 I was like, that has to be an amazing relationship. They're both so creative. But then it also made me feel like, yeah, I feel, I feel secure in my choice to be monogamous because they couldn't make it work. And like everyone I know who says they have an open relationship acts like they haven't figured out and us monogamous people just aren't woke enough. And I have, please, if you're in an open relationship and it's working, I would love for you to be on an episode and tell me how it's working. But otherwise, uh, I think I'm fine. Yeah, we are accepting applications for guests, if anyone's interested who's listening. Yeah, uh, Teresa said she would come on an episode. I'll, I'll talk to her. So, Pete, this is like a shared episode for us. Guys, no, I will say right in, now. Just in case that icebreaker didn't work and we used your... Thing as a as a secondary icebreaker, for me it was Amy Poehler and Will Arnett when they didn't work out. I was like, oh man, like I'm not ten- I don't tend to be affected by <laughs> celebrity relationships, yeah. but I was like, those two people seem cool, and it seems like they both work so much they can't drive each other crazy, and then they broke up, and I was like, oh that stinks. Yeah, that broke my heart. Also, when what's his face from Jurassic Park broke up with Lady from the Scary Movie movies. Do you know what I mean? Oh, the guy from Parks and Rec. You know what I mean? Oh, and Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris and what's-his-face. I thought you meant, like, Jeff Goldblum and Neff Campbell. No, <laughs> I was like, I don't think that happened. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> no. Uh, I got really sad because the rumor was he cheated on her. I don't know. But it just makes me just makes me really sad when a girl gets with a guy who technically isn't, like, considered, like, mainstream hot. And they ha- have, like, a, a nice marriage. And then the guy gets hot and he leaves his wife. Yeah. It is perhaps the most upsetting thing I could witness. Speaking of upsetting. I don't know if I'd say upsetting or shocking or just thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. But guys, me and Pete watched an episode of Goop Labs. And I really think if you if you have any interest in Goop, I would not listen to this until you watch it. Because it's just going to be like easier to follow along. I will take the, the, the blame. I I mean, me and Pete both wanted to watch Goop, but I was like, I don't know, like, watching ayahuasca shit is boring, and I was like, I don't know what half the other shit is about. Can we please watch the one about pleasure? Oh, apparently there's one about psychics. Yeah, I watched one other one. I watched the health span, span plan, and then I was like, ugh, whatever. So I wanted to hear the one about sex, not having any idea where this was going to go. Yeah. So... Can we start off by saying what we expected, if we had any expectations? I was kind of hoping for... Oh, it does... Like, they do end up talking about a product eventually, but I thought I thought it was going to be more multifaceted. I thought... Yes. I didn't know that it was going to focus solely on women's pleasure, period. Like, you mean you thought it was going to talk about both genders? Yeah, or, like, just more broadly, sex. I thought it was going to talk about pleasure but i thought it was going to talk about how women and men could work together right i would say it didn't do much for me because it like it's just assuming that everything you learn the man will be like yeah okay yes like it doesn't prepare women for what to expect if there's pushback or, or what to ask their partner for in order to put these things into effect um i also want to just add something before we get into the actual episode parts there are parts where I went where I wrote in my notes, ill gross. Then I scribbled <laughs> out gross because I felt bad. And and then I wrote, no, wait, aren't I allowed to think this is gross? No, you're not. And that's, so, yeah. That's so the thing. A, I have it a goes, It goes from society is telling you to behave this way and we are telling you to behave a different way. But you know what? You don't get to make the decision for yourself. So shut up and act like we want you to act. <laughs> Yeah, so I was a little upset about parts of that. It made me really think about myself and what I felt like a woman needed to believe. But I also just want to bring up something that Pete might recall, but no, it doesn't matter if he doesn't. Um, people in my life, I guess, because I'm, I'm a fairly liberal person who is into many things on the fringe of society and niche things. And all my life, people have made assumptions about my relationship with feminism my relationship to just, I guess, vaginas. And people have thought I would love the vagina monologues. <laughs> do you remember when someone asked me to be on the vagina monologues, Pete, in college? Why do I remember going to the vagina monologues? Oh. Were you, uh, were you in it? Did you go? No. Okay. A teacher went to me and she's like, oh, my God. There is a part of the vagina monologue. I feel like I know exactly what teacher this is, too. Yeah, probably. She's Glasses. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. She's like, you're going to be perfect for this. So I then go and I hear the piece that they think I'm uh, perfect for, which is the reclaiming the cunt piece. And I'm like... Yeah, I am. Thank you. (laughs) I am perfect for this. 
I will say, I mean, incidentally, I use the word cunts a lot. It makes people uncomfortable because I use it with ease. And it is a word that I have personally reclaimed. But I find the way it is presented in the vagina monologues so distracting that it takes away from the message. And when I watched this, I felt like I was back there thinking, like, I'm supposed to be a person that's supposed to be like, yeah, rock Mm -hmm. on, sister. But at times I'm just like, "Mm, I get where you're coming from, but I feel like you're distracting from the message. (laughs) (laughs) So... Pete, do you want to talk about like how it starts off? Are you on Me Too or like? What I didn't like is how it started with little clips. Yeah. And I thought that was like I didn't know that it was going that those clips were going to be in the episode. <laughs> so there gotcha. were a couple of times, and I was like, "Wait, did I already see this? <laughs> What's happening?" <laughs> the episode does jump around a lot, actually, and I got confused like who overlapped in each session. But yeah. So yeah, so the episode goes back and forth between. Gwyneth Paltrow and someone who uh, who works with her in Goop, along with this 90-something-year-old lady named Betty Dodson, who mm-hmm. is a uh, like lifelong sex educator and her like educational partner. And they're basically talking just about how women view sexuality. And then on the other parts of the episode, you see women, which might I add, never Gwyneth Paltrow. No. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow's not... like, there's no way I would do this. <laughs> yeah, she does not make herself vulnerable at all. She just like introduces what's to come. But basically, it starts out with them and admits talking... she doesn't know what a vagina is. <laughs> I gotta say, I also don't. I don't know anything about the female anatomy. So it starts out with Gwyneth Paltrow. That's. Oh, I'm so sorry because. At a certain point, they start talking about shame, and they're like, genital shame, and this, that, and the other, right? But then, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow goes, we're going to talk about vaginas. And the lady's like, no, we're not. We're talking about vulvas, you jackass. You don't know what a vagina and a vulva is? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't uh, come I- right. So it's like, all we're doing now is refocusing our shame to something else. You should be ashamed because you're not in touch with your body, and you <laughs> don't know what a vulva is. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I don't think the average person knows that the vagina isn't just everything. And I thought, like, have- you know, you're close they had a statistic up and they have these interstitials and they're beautiful because they have this crisp white screen and this thin sans serif font and basically it looks like an authority because it's text and it's not someone saying it yeah <laughs> and and basically it was like i forget how they worded it too i should have written it down but it was basically like li- oh they couldn't label their own parts on a diagram and i was like she- Wait, did she give them a diagram of their own stuff? (laughs) However it was worded was very confusing. But the gist of it was basically we gave people a diagram of, let's just say, the female reproductive system, and people couldn't label it right. Well, guess what? (laughs) After health class, you don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) Guys, I, not going to lie... I keep getting confused whether women or men or both people have colons and prostates. <laughs> so, you know what? I don't know shit about anatomy. All I know is that there's a clitoris and I don't know what anything else is. Anyway, right off the bat, this lady, and by the way, Betty Dodson, when I say she's a sex educator, she holds workshops with women to teach them how to get in touch with their bodies and literally teach them how to orgasm. She's been doing this since 1970. And to date, according to this episode, she has met with 7,000 women. 
Marissa, that is an average of 143 women per year. Do you know another statistic that, <laughs> that could be attributed to 143 people a year? No, what? Construction workers who die of electrocution. <laughs> wow, that's sad. Yeah. So right off the bat, Betty Dodson says, and this is something I hear so much in circles of woke women and feminist women, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't. Okay. So let me knock it ahead of myself. She says that every woman should look at her own vagina. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've heard so many people saying that. Granted, there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with someone looking at their vagina. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Like, fine, just take a look. Do I think you need to take a mirror and see every fold of your vagina? No. But Betty seems to think that it's an absolute must for every woman. If you've ever been in an art class where somebody's like, let's take a look at this painting. and, And everybody in the class is looking at the painting. And you're thinking to yourself, why the fuck is this art? <laughs> but the person's like, look at these flowers down here and the, the gentle wisps on the clouds and this, that, and the other. And they're pointing out all these things, but it's not actually hitting you anywhere personally. Like, you're not feeling connected with this piece of art. Yeah. She talks to people about their own vaginas like that, where she's like, isn't it beautiful? Like, look, no. at the, look at the texture here. Like, isn't it beautiful? And you're like... <laughs> yeah. Wait, don't don't jump ahead to Vagina Show and Tell, please. <laughs> don't jump ahead. That blew my mind. I, I will say, like, let's say there's a woman who doesn't know how to orgasm and literally doesn't know what she's supposed to be touching. Like, okay, let's say if you're going to talk through it, not just look at the beauty, but if you're going to literally be like, this is this, and you touch this. Or fine, you have your partner there, and you talk about how to get a woman off, and you both look at the vagina. But me looking at my vagina in and of itself doesn't add anything to my sex life. Like, I'm talking for myself personally. And uh, full disclosure, I've seen a butthole once in my entire life. Like, I have seen a straight-up butthole. And you know what? Was it real or fake? It was was a real butthole. There was something obstructing the fake butthole, so I couldn't see. (laughs) I have seen a real butthole once in my life, and it didn't help me with my sexual journey at all. All it did was, like, make me realize, like, whoa, buttholes are smaller than I realized. But, like... I just saw, like, I feel like the same thing. I would just be like, okay, that's my vagina. Anyway. Right. I feel like there's definitely a sense where, see, I was thinking of it in a way of, yeah, you should see, (laughs) I don't know how to say this delicately. Yeah, you should see what your vagina looks like just in case something goes wrong with your vagina. (laughs) Like, I feel like you should know what your body looks like. So that way, like, if something shows up that's unexpected or unhealthy, you recognize it. (laughs) You know what? Fine. I, I actually, that's a good point. That's the, that's the best I could come up with. But this isn't at all about health, guys. This, this is, is about, about pleasure. Your vagina. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're right. I think you should know what your vagina looks like and should look like. I shouldn't say you shouldn't gaze your vagina, but it's not necessary. You should be able to sketch it from memory with your eyes closed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can. Uh, so back to this lady in her classes. Pete, I also want to like... I want to contemplate this with you aloud. Because just the same way that I wonder, because I know someone who said they went to a sex party where couples were having sex in front of each other. Yeah. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you find that? How do you find interactive seminars? Like, I've heard about classes where, like, they tell you about how to give a good blowjob or, like, 
how to pleasure your partner. Okay. But where there's actually like interaction and you watch someone masturbate in front of you or you look at each other's clits, like is that in the promotional invite? Like I don't Here's my best guess. Based on what we watched, and this is one of my biggest problems with the piece, and I'll try not to dump it all out right now. Mm-hmm. My guess would be word of mouth with other women, just like the one woman who felt like she really needed this stuff. The yeah. um, I forget was she like an editor or something, but like she really felt like she needed to like get in touch with this stuff, and um, like I don't think she would have found that on her own. Yeah. But because she works at Goop and they had this sort of open invite, they were like, she was like, oh man, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go attend that. But no, I don't think a woman like that would find it on her own because I think that you have to, all right, I don't know how to say it without coming right out and saying it, but this is stuff that a certain class of person can care about. Yeah. And a lot of people can't care about. Like a lot of people are like, you know, like I'm doing my best. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But for God's sake, I mean, this was my question that I was going to ask the listener. Not necessarily humorous, if you don't want to answer. But, like, when you have sex with your partner, how much time do you think you can invest in it on average? (laughs) You mean in the sex part or what do you mean? Because they were like, sometimes it can take a long time. Sometimes it can take a lot of work. By the way, I'm not dissing any of this or anything, but like if you have 45 minutes to sit there and to sort of like tease your partner up to a monumental orgasm, that's great. But sometimes you got 10 minutes to bang it out and get out of the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so there was a significant part of this where I I thought the most, I don't want to say dangerous, but like the one of the biggest assumptions that they made is that you are having sex for pleasure, period. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I don't think it's the only reason to have sex. I <laughs> so I think you're right. If I'm a person who's been working like 45 hours a week at McDonald's as an assistant manager and everybody's driving me crazy, I'm not coming home and browsing through Reddit or Craigslist, which, by the way, don't sound like really great places to go <laughs> to find <laughs> yeah. some sort of interactive workshop thing. But like – the blowjob thing sounds hilarious, so I think, I, mean, I think you'd be more inclined to have more people talk about that. But yeah. I, I think, like, you could sit at a blowjob tutorial and be like, ha, 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 this is silly. But you can't sit at one of these things and be like, ha, 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 this is silly. They will beat you up and, like, hang you upside down. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So <laughs> let's go into the class part. Um, so there are, like, three separate segments you see. Like and the thing that's looping it all together is four women talking about all of this stuff in a very open lobby. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and I was like, why is this place so open? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, doesn't she have an office? <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe it's just a gigantic office. I don't know. But yeah, it, it was weird. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? So first up, the first part of their class is they take sensual self-portraits, which yes. are supposed to like get them comfortable in their bodies and get them to take a picture of themselves presenting themselves feeling the most sexy. So some people, you know, are like 
lounging seductively in underwear. Some people are kind of in like active wear looking tough. Yeah, and one lady's holding branches. Yeah, yeah there's also oh, fucking papayas, which is like the most cliche thing. That was thing. silly. Yeah. That was so annoying. Pete, do you have any extra thoughts to delve into with that? I don't know if this made it into your notes, Marissa, but as they were before they started this stuff, they sort of had an introductory thing. I don't remember what the exact question was, but it was basically a, a feeling of like, what do you hope to get out of this? Uh-huh. And I couldn't help but uh, quote the woman who said, "I want to feel sensual at work when I'm cooking, <laughs> when I'm being creative," and I'm like. I swear to God, I paused it, and I was like, maybe I don't know what sensual means. I don't know. I don't want to feel sensual when I'm cooking or at work. So I'm like, maybe, yeah, maybe I just don't know what sensual means. But sensual means relating to or involving gratification of the senses and physical, especially sexual, pleasure. So are you saying you want to derive sexual pleasure while (laughs) you're cooking? Like... (laughs) The thing that was throwing me off with this was they were trying to make it sound like it's like a higher level thinking and that it's not like, oh, horny. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand. What, like, she's like, I want to feel sensual when I'm doing more than just sexual things. And I'm like, for what reason? I don't understand <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I understand wanting to feel confident, wanting to feel self-assured, wanting to feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't understand wanting to feel sensual. And sometimes I wonder if people overuse the word sensual. Yeah, um, I definitely got that. And I wish that that was something that we got to see, uh, the definition, like how this woman who was asking these questions and running this workshop, how she defined what sensuality is. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I want to know what their lives are like day to day. So before, before I think it was before the... the, the coup de gras, the end-all, be-all of this episode, that day, this is something that I thought had potential, but I thought it could have had more depth. Uh, The women had to have a practice in asking for what they wanted in terms of pleasure. And the way they did that was them and a partner would take turns giving each other either a foot or hand massage, and then they would have to say, like, oh, no, I don't like that, or I like it more when you do this, or could you do that more times? Which I, I think that is very useful. I, I think that's that's a good thing. It, it, you know, communication is very important in a sexual relationship. But like I said, I, I honestly I feel like that was probably one of the most important parts of that uh, session, and I felt like that was more important than than vagina show and tell. I think there is uh, a lesson, like, I think one of the difficult lessons is, in having, like, in doing sex stuff with other people, one of the difficult doing parts Doing sex is, stuff. Like, one of the difficult parts is, yeah, navigating what that communication looks like. Because you could have a fun relationship with your partner, and then maybe it's just a fun way you can do things. Or, like, maybe you want to, like, surprise the person, and you want to try something a little different, and they're like, like, it's... There have been a lot of cases, and I'm certainly not talking about, like, sexual things, but, like, I write a paper, and I turn it in, and I get points off for blank. Like, I don't know, like, because I wrote a sentence in a certain way. In my head, I go, you're so fucking stupid because you wrote that sentence that way. God, what were you thinking? You can never write a sentence like that ever again. This is me, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a yeah. me problem. But you have to be careful. I could never imagine... Being a teacher, 
even if I were a woman, going up to you and being like, hey, you'd be perfect to read this poem about cunts. Yeah, what the fuck? Because that's crazy. That sends you home going, whoa, whoa, why? (laughs) Like, Like, how does this person see me? How do other people see me? And so I guess what I'm saying is you can have a very sensitive partner and... It can be difficult to communicate with that person in a constructive way. So another thing that this assumes is that you already can <laughs> communicate yeah. with your partner in a constructive way. Also, Pete, we all know that everyone views me as generally unhinged, but generally they misinterpret the type of unhinged. So, yeah, I, I, it, has ha- it haunted me when she said <laughs> I should be doing that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you. So then Betty tells a personal story which is is interesting and i find as off-putting as the next segment was no well okay no 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 <laughs> yeah as off-putting as parts of the next segment was i found part of it actually very personally helpful betty talked about how when she was younger she thought her vagina was deformed because i don't know if the words are right like the 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 fucking, what, the lips of her labia, I don't know, mm-hmm. were really long and, like, came, like, hung out of her vagina. <laughs> um, I mean, I said that wrong. You did. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The guy she was with was like, no, 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 like, plenty of people are like that. Like, that's pretty standard. But, like, she probably hadn't seen a bunch of people's vaginas, so she thought she was She's 90, guys. So based on when this was happening, yeah, there's a very good chance she didn't see a ton of vaginas. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't seen that many vaginas close up. And as she mentioned, which I didn't know this was a fucking thing, she said that in porn, a lot of people bleach and bleach their vaginas or bleach their labias and trim their labias. I went into an immediate deep dive over labiaplasty because I was like, this doesn't sound right. Plus, the statistic that they put up in the interstitial said something like labiaplasty went up a whopping 40 percent between 2014 and 2015. And I'm like, yeah, what was the first number? Okay, if the first number was like 10 and it went up four (laughs) people that's not impressive to me and i didn't find the specific i didn't find that specific statistic because i really wasn't committing to the research yeah yeah (laughs) but i did find that the that was an international statistic but the american uh plastic surgery organization that i found it was like um 10,000 women on average get labiaplasty I can see porn stars doing it, but I can't really imagine your average woman doing it. And especially, like, I, I would say that Internet has totally made more uh, cosmetic procedures more prevalent. But Instagram, people aren't taking selfies of their vaginas. So while I think Botox and lip fillers are definitely increasing, I don't know that everyone's running out to trim their vulvas. And La- yeah, labias, not vulva. Oh, fuck, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Refinery21 has an article called Five Porn Stars Debunk the Myth of the Perfect Porn Pussy. And, uh, like, everybody's like, the meatier the better. Ew, <laughs> like, that's... And they're, oh. all, they're all female oh, porn God. stars. And so, but what this particular, you know, there was another part where they were like, you know, people watch porn and they watch these, like, very theatrical orgasms. And then they put up another thing and it was like... yeah. When a 
particular group of people reviewed uh, Pornhub, they found out that women climaxed 18 per- in 18% of the videos, where men climaxed, like, I don't know, more. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, I believe that because porn, porn hub, Pornhub has been around for long enough that, yeah, there's probably some old thinking on there. But, like, if you get the right search terms, <laughs> like, you know. and What that, Pete is saying is that his porn, the latest club. <laughs> like, if you go there and you look up, like, booger porn, you know, no, I don't expect to see anybody climax in booger porn. <laughs> like, I, I don't mean, know if that's a thing. Uh, you I'm know, sure it is, Pete. There was just a part where I was kind of like, I don't know, man, you are you are what you consume. And yeah, yeah if you I, I just I just think that the other assumption that you that that goes along with what you were saying is like, I know people are, you know, doctoring their face or their body for Instagram, but they're not doing selfies of their vaginas is the idea like like that idea also says that every single human being has seen a porno vagina and wants to have one just like that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, speaking of what should they look like. So, she talks about how in a lot of her sessions, there's, like, (laughs) show and tell, where not only does she have women look at their vaginas, which, by the way, she had a girl look in a mirror and then also shown a light, and then they looked at the girl's vagina together and commented on it, but she will also have women sit naked. What? She went, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So now we're going to look at it under the light. Get a good shot. Ah, perfect. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. So also women will spread and look at each other's vulva labias, whatever. And compliment each other's and yeah as Pete said she said isn't that beautiful and in my wrote in my wrote what the fuck in my notes I wrote gross then I was going to cross it out because I was like that is regressive thinking and then I went nope I don't find it beautiful I don't find it ugly now mind you I don't find it like I'm sorry I don't find it like wrong and like monstrous but I find all genitals to be visually unattractive. I find penises to be unattractive, yet I like them in a sexual setting, but I don't want to gaze upon a penis. The same way, I'm not ashamed of my vagina, but I don't find it visually appealing. I don't want a painting of a vagina in my house. I don't I don't find it like a like a blossom. I find it a bunch of, like, skin flaps. I don't think I should have to find skin flaps beautiful to be considered a, you know, modern woman. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, gosh, it's just like anything else, right? Sometimes people are like, hey, are you like a boob man or an ass man? Stuff like that. And it's like, okay, so you really like boobs and you want to see boobs all over the place and you buy, like, big round things. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I I love looking at faces. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, would that be... I love buttholes, continue. But but like, if you did, (laughs) you could sneak that into your home decor. (laughs) 
And yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it's I I agree with you. I mean, like I said, it just it just transfers the shame from one end to another. So now you are gonna be shamed because you're not open enough to all of this stuff. You know what? I would have been way more into it if. Okay, let's say you still have them look at the vaginas. I I don't really love the the having to compliment each other's because then you're just forcing yourself to do that. But let's say she has everyone look at their vaginas and she then tells you what each part is. Like it actually has a point and she's like, isn't that interesting? Like, and you look at it and you just don't be afraid of it. I am totally for women not being afraid of their vaginas, but I at one don't point, guys, think- they say the vulva is terrifying. And I was like, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very healthy to make sure women are not afraid of their vaginas. Don't think you need to push it to a obsession. So to to this point, they're like, yeah, we don't see we don't see enough vulvas. And yeah, like, you know, it's important to tell women that, you know, like their vulva is just as beautiful as the next vulva, which right then by definition, is it is it beautiful? Yeah, you don't see a lot of them. And then they go, Right. Why right. can't we see it? We see penises right. all the time. We sure do. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening here, guys? Wow, you really picked up on stuff I didn't. I didn't even notice and that. And I was like, are they talking about, like, phallic symbols? Or do they mean every time, like, they go on the internet, there's a few dicks flying at them? Like, where are they talking about? Because also, you know, just being like a film goer right like you like yeah, watching yeah. movies you see boobs all the time but you don't see dicks flopping around very much or at least you used to not see any dicks flopping around now i would say you know you see it a little bit more often but i can't think of a mainstream movie where i saw like an open vagina <laughs> yeah no i i can't think of I, I have seen a few dicks here and there and i do think it's considered more scandalous to see a vagina than to see a dick like if it if there was a movie and you saw a dick flop down, like say, like um, Shane. Was that the movie or about the guy I'm who's just thinking of that um, nymphomaniac? I'm like, I don't, I don't even. That was like six hours. <laughs> and Is this vaginas? I don't think so. I do feel like it. I mean, I think that movie's rated X regardless. But, yeah. Or, well, but I think, uh, I do think that it is a double standard. I think you can have a rated R movie with a dick, and you can't. I think if you had a, a, a wide open vagina, that'd definitely be rated X. But, uh, but yeah, still to what you're saying, I don't see lots of penises, and it's still a little bit shocking if you do see a penis. But then but they I have, use this. Let's go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm, I was gonna just say I then had the most shocking television moment of my life. <laughs> Guys, this is this is the best. So, have you ever had a friend who gets really excited about stuff? Like I remember being young and like we like I would hang out with creative people. Marissa and I usually sometimes do this stuff too where it's like um you just start building like a joke out further and further and you're like, "Oh yeah, that would be cool." And then somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, and then this." And then this. And, like, at a certain point, it's like, this is so unrealistic and stupid and crazy, but we're all having a good time. Uh And, like, if you've ever had a friend who's like, oh, my gosh, and then this. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what? You know what? And then this, too. And then you know what? This, too. That's how excited this woman was. Because her main point was, you cannot show a vulva on television unless you show many vulvae. (laughs) 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 Because... 
you don't want to give the viewer the idea that that one that you showed them is the ideal. And while I was literally sitting like wide-eyed, mouth agape, and I was like, whoa, I honestly am kind of glad that was there because this is clearly just a, a woman thing, but I was like, oh, I didn't know it could come with that many variations. And that's interesting. But yes, guys, in case you didn't pick up on it yet, there were close-ups of multiple women's vulvas just straight up open leg. You just saw flaps and, and lips and pubes, and I was like, whoa. There was a point as well, and this isn't going to go over well, guys, but Uh-oh. I'm going to say it anyway. Because I hope that by this point you guys know me well enough that I'm not trying to sort of be like judgy about something but like no you know what I'll go to that instead when I was a kid guys I had knee surgery they cut open the knee they replaced it this is the thing guys oh god I can't wait to get to this part because Marissa's gonna shit her pants oh so I have this big scar on my leg and yeah I have had somebody go can I look at it I think it's beautiful. No, you fucking uh, don't. <laughs> and if uh, you do, what the fuck's wrong? Who? Who? You can talk this out. Who? Oh, you know exactly who. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I and the, and the thing is, that's what you're supposed to say, right? Did she touch but, it slowly like someone touching a scar in a movie where she yes. goes, but, of course she did. But the thing, I think the thing is, right, like... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how to say it, guys. Not everybody is beautiful, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's this woman's job to look at a vulva and go, you got it, girl. That's beautiful. Like, to me, the the person who's nervous going up to the precipice and looking over, so to speak, that is beautiful. That's a beautiful moment where this person gets to know themselves a little bit more following the thought process of this woman who's conducting the class. But... <laughs> I don't need to tell you, like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nothing wrong with what you just said, Pete. I was just I, saying, there's got to be some bad-looking vaginas out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, because like I said, I don't like penises. Again, I like them in the moment. I can appreciate a penis, but I don't want to just gaze at one. And so, likewise, I don't want to gaze at a vagina. <laughs> what? Just gazing. When I yeah, think of gazing, yeah. I think of looking out the window, and now there's just a penis outside yeah, your window. exactly. So, after that, we find out about one of these group staffers who, you know, she, she went through all of these classes with everyone else, and she really learned a lot about herself, but she realized she really needed to take it a step further. And not only did she, you know, she, she learned how to communicate better, but she also needs to become more comfortable in her body and know what to ask for and how to just like get comfortable sexually. So she asked for a like one-on-one with Betty and her partner, an intimate class with them. I found this woman like very relatable because one of the things that she said was like, I'm the person who gives the pleasure. I don't feel like I can receive it very well. And the reason was, as you said, because she's not comfortable in her own body. And I was like, that's really like an, an interesting way to look at it. 
but another part of that too is that like you get to maintain control over the situation and you can't really like give yourself to this whole entire experience if if that is what sex is for you an experience so during this session they have a conversation for some reason i don't know why this stuck out at me and maybe you didn't feel this way but this girl is from i think shanghai was it shanghai yes i think so china yeah and she said that she really struggled you know she was a gay woman and not only was that an extra hurdle like culturally but culturally uh in china people were pretty shut off talking about sex and it was really taboo topic and when she shared this with them like i I don't remember exactly but i just remember betty dodson was like she was like i just feel like i come from a really closed off culture and betty dodson was just like no, that's what everybody faces. Like, like I don't. Yeah. She just kind of like the girl was trying to say like I come from a really like from a place. This is just so hard for me. And Betty Johnson was just I feel like she kind of dismissed it and was kind of yeah. like yeah. There was definitely a that. part where I know I noticed that too. Yeah, they sort of like okay. skip over her story, and it is odd that they kept that in. And I was just like, it's not a one size fits all approach. I feel like right. You know this this girl might even mean like like a more delicate lead up to to the subject matter because of what she's telling you like you should be taking in what she's telling you not just saying all women are repressed like not all women are repressed first of all right and that like i actually was thinking what i wish that i could see this woman interact with someone who felt like they themselves were also sexually liberated in some way because i was like i wonder if this woman would just fall down on the ground like her style in this show I can't speak for her as a person or in any other appearances, but like she was saying things to make people uncomfortable, to get a laugh, to make people blush, all that sort of stuff. Like it seemed like she was kitschy in a way because she was she knew what she was doing by doing all this stuff. And I wonder if somebody was like, "Oh yeah, vulva." Uh, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You know what you're talking about? I would say. Let's say I wanted to have, you know, a, a sex educator session. I would much rather her partner, which I didn't catch her name, but I don't yes. like Betty Dodson's approach. I don't feel like she is comforting, and I feel like she's a bit aggressive in wanting to tell it people they're like not woke enough. a bulldog trying to make you come. Yes. <laughs> do it. Do it. So. I taught you the method. Just do it. Speaking of making you come. I don't yes. Her fully pets? know how this was going to help that one girl. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to mention the patch that was on her jacket that said come together. Oh! <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the next part of that of that session where, I mean, okay, just getting to the point, they show this girl how to... Or how to uh, masturbate to to climax. But the thing is, well, okay, I'll talk about how I feel about how this ends later. But basically, that girl sits there while Betty Dotson helps the other lady masturbate till she orgasms, right. and she masturbates. She she doesn't she doesn't masturbate the lady. <laughs> she just like helps the lady breathe and coaches her through it. You're talking about Betty. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Because uh, Betty's partner is using actually um, a sex toy that Betty created, 
which helps you to achieve orgasm through Betty's patented rock and roll masturbation technique. Marissa, would you call a um, an elliptical a toy? No. Would you call resistance bands a toy? No. So I don't think it's fair to call this a toy. I'm sorry. Sex tools. <laughs> Sex machine. My bad. It's a so vagina that, dumbbell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. It's, it's a weighted uh, sex thing. Betty brings up something that I found interesting. Apparently, there's different types of orgasms, and most women are used to climaxing uh, through a tension orgasm where you kind of like tense up and then release. And her rock and roll technique doesn't use this. It kind of just it has to do with you like lifting your pelvis while stimulating the clitoris. But the thing is, if I understood correctly, it takes like 20 to 40 minutes. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't even have kids and I can already hear you going, who has the time? <laughs> yeah. I would say like, let's say, fine. It's like a weekend you have fucking I'll get dinner ready when I get to it. <laughs> I'm in here masturbating right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say you have a day all to yourself. You have nothing to do. I'm bored. Let me drink a bottle of wine and masturbate for 40 fucking minutes. Nobody has their time casually. Also, like, if you have a partner, they're not going to be able to go down on you for 40 minutes. But unless they're like... Uh, well, Marissa, you know, a woman who knows how to please herself, she's very dangerous. Yeah, well, okay. That was a quote as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so also, I just want to let you know, like, again, this one girl is just watching the one woman pantsless masturbating for a very long time till she orgasms very anticlimactic orgasm by the way and then i don't know she like fucking goes home i just feel like okay you learned how to masturbate does that help you learn how to better deal with your partner i guess it would be you go to the gym right and uh -huh. you see this this person that you aspire to look like like is that is that is that enough? Like, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> this is no. what you could have. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, I imagine you'll definitely be more chill and loose after you watch a woman masturbate for forty minutes, and you might be less jarred by things. But I don't think. Could that's you gonna... imagine having to sit there no. and look interested? Here's another thing that I thought was I'm going to say it cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, Betty was helping coach her through breathing. She was touching her a lot, almost yeah. in like a sort of, I don't want to say like a massage, but like, um, I can't think of the right term. Oh, I would guess like a petting, sort of like, like a just moving your hand across. Not heavy you know. petting, just right. Petting. <laughs> but like there, there was a point to it where it was like that in itself can add to the sensuality of having your body touched while you are trying to focus on this thing happening yeah and yeah there was a point where i was like is she like representing the partner or i don't like <laughs> i wasn't quite sure but oh man guys before this even happened uh betty is talking to gwyneth paltrow and her buddy and she goes you know what you got to show an orgasm like, that's the only way you're going to get people to understand. Because everybody's so used to seeing these theatrical orgasms in pornography and even in mainstream movies, like when Harry met Sally or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you need to show people what a real orgasm looks like so that they, almost like so that they know 
you know, how to, like, you got to see what a fastball looks like so you know that when you're pitching, that's what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And the partner that Marissa was mentioning goes, and so I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And they go, that is so brave. (laughs) And I'm not saying it wasn't, but I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I would argue that she failed to realize that it's the same case as with the labias, vulvas, whatever, that to show one orgasm is not to give women a, a good idea of what mm, orgasm is. No, 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 no. There's a bunch of different vulvas, but orgasm, one size fits all. I mean, this is TMI, guys. But I am much louder and more unhinged. I was like, <laughs> did she even? What the fuck is that? So I was hey, like, if for I being extra that? honest, I mean, it's not really fair because I'm not talking about myself, but I had a sexual partner in the past and <laughs> I felt like the, the times I knew I was doing stuff right, I got <laughs> this noise Ugh. <laughs> because I know that nobody in their right mind is going to voluntarily make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the lady on the thing, she had such a such a quiet and dignified orgasm that I was right. like, no fair, you know no fair. There is there is something to be said about theatrics too, right? Because they were talking about that, they were like, oh, you all you ladies, you peons are used to like a theatrical orgasm, right? You're like performing for your partner. And you know what? Each time you do that, you're telling your partner that you're doing that they're doing something right. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> and I would just like to say. One, I have never faked in my life. But two, I'm not saying that, ooh, I'm living this great sex life. I mean, I just don't know how to lie. So if they do stuff, they're going to know they stuff. But two, I think that's the wrong viewpoint to have. I think that assumes that women are with, that all women are with selfish partners. Women perform to an extent, and I don't think they should lie. But I mean, like, let's say they are going to orgasm. There is nothing wrong with making it more dramatic to make the person who did it feel like, you know, like good about what they just did. But that's also to assume that, like, your partner might be doing the same, like, because it's more validating to you if your partner's like loud about it. So that that I don't know, it just makes the assumption that, like, women are the only person that validates their partner and men don't validate women. I mean, I feel like there should also be a conversation about, like, women Instead of being like, I'm not going to do this for a man, I think that there should have been a conversation about, like, women, you deserve this. If you're not being satisfied, maybe you should look for a man that, you know, reciprocates. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just makes it seem like we're all going to have selfish male partners, so we should just, like, not do anything for them. But I think you should both be doing, again, not lying, but you should both be looking to make the other one feel valued. There was definitely a part in this when I had to stop and go, I think, and I wasn't quite sure, but I had to tell myself this. I was like, I think Coop is a women's magazine or like a women's publication because there's not like there there was a lot of stuff that they were throwing out about like, oh, men get to orgasm all the time. But for women, it's really hard. And it's like, okay, then talk to me about why every podcast I listen to has commercials for erectile dysfunction pills. Like there, there are issues on both sides, but like, you know, like, and oh, a man gets to orgasm every single time. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Or like, it just seemed odd because there were a lot, like 
for as much as they were over trying to overcome the I feel like once in a while, guys, I really say something smart. Uh, for for as much as they were trying to overcome the stereotypes of how women think about their own bodies and how men think about women's pleasure, they fed right into the stereotypes of how people look at men in regards to sexual pleasure. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, I definitely think... I think, I think they... They're wrong to say it like that. I think women not being able to orgasm is often overlooked, but you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to to cut in, but I but I legitimately had this question: How would this go? Okay, because the one person was like, um, I think it was the woman that you were talking about who kind of like went through this whole entire thing and had the solo meeting at the end and that, mm-hmm. but like, um. You go like you're you're she was talking about how she didn't like like there was a point where she was like, I didn't feel comfortable being touched by my partner. Okay, so you are dating this woman and you go, hey, I'm going to make you orgasm. And she goes, I'd really prefer you didn't, you know, like touch me like that. Like it it makes me uncomfortable. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I'm going to make you do it. (laughs) And it's like. There, it's it's similar to what you were talking about, how about assuming reciprocality on the part of the person that you're with, and like, but like different people have different hangups for all number of reasons. Maybe you can't orgasm because you're stressed out about work, or maybe you can't orgasm because thinking about money. There's a bunch of different reasons why something like this, you know, could could happen. Something pops into your head partway through, or I don't know. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair to just put it on. Like this is, and this is something that you didn't mention yet, and it felt like you were sort of like winding down. So I wanted to bring up one of the times they came back from one of these like breaks. They said, "Do you deserve pleasure?" Oh, I didn't. Remember. <laughs> and then one of the one, uh, they were like, um, basically they started talking about it in the circle in the lobby, and Gwyneth Paltrow was like, "But can pleasure be bad?" And this woman Betty says. How could pleasure ever be bad? Huh. To which I thought, isn't that the definition of hedonism? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you are constantly pursuing pleasure. I'm going to just straight up say, and putting it above other things. And I feel like there is this sort of, like, me, me, me culture around us where it's like, yeah, girl, you deserve an orgasm. You go out and get it yourself if the man can't give you one. <laughs> or, like, go out and get another partner. Like, but what if I feel emotionally connected to this person? What if we've been through a lot? What if we've been married for 40 years and now it's just not the way that it was before? You know, yeah. like, like, there's a lot of things that come into play. But this whole thing is, no, screw all that and get yourself off, damn it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I would say that overall, I was really disappointed with whatever message they were trying to send. Honestly, I didn't fully know what the takeaway was, except for like, yeah, it basically like, if you're not happy with what you're getting, like, just take care of it. But I feel like it should be like, if you're not happy with what you're getting, one, communicate. And if that doesn't work, learn what you need from a partner and, and, you know, look for a partner like that. But here it's like, just, just keep wanking off yourself if you're not getting what you want. <laughs> and like, I think there's another part too of, of that thought process, which is if, if person isn't giving you what you want, find another person who's going to give it to you. 
And they didn't really come out and say that, and they definitely did hit on this point a little bit, but at one point, I'm kind of just thinking, like, you need to talk to the person about what you want. And if that person's like, fuck that, then you, (laughs) you know, because what that person is telling you is that their pleasure is more important than your pleasure. And again, you want to be in a relationship where people respect one another. However, there are people who want to be in relationships where they don't feel as respected. And is it my position to tell that person you need to stand up on your own two feet. You need to be more liberated, that sort of thing. Like if you're a woman who votes for Trump and you're happy being a subordinate at home, who am I to tell you that that's wrong? <laughs> if you think it's your job to get him off, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, it is interesting. And I will also say, uh, for the fact that we had to watch a woman masturbate all that time, I don't feel like there were that many specifics given on how to do her method. There was right. no information directing you to, like, Betty Dodson's website at the end. No information, like, directing you to, like, learn more about her rock and roll method. And there was no information for how you could buy her patented barbell dildo. I and I looked it up, and it was only on Etsy, and it wasn't for sale anymore. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, Goop is a website. And they do have articles. Oh, and I think their primary function is to sell products. And I wonder so I if they sell it on Goop. Let me see. But it definitely on Betty Dodson's website, they don't have any more. And by the way, there is a men's section in Goop, but it's definitely not a. It's definitely a woman's publication with a man section. Just instead. Yeah. Okay, well, but yeah. Like, oh, you Look. can probably get this on Goop. And the other, like you're selling this product, and you're selling this lifestyle, and you're selling this woman. And so now. You, Marissa, go, well, how would I find somebody who would do this, you know, now you know somebody who would. Or you can look this person's name up and maybe you'll find other people, like, in your area that would be like that. And so I think, yeah, it kind of did its job in that respect. Like, it sold these ideas. I don't know if you remember the name of the, was she Australian or Kiwi or something? The lady Uh, who did the sensual portraits? Oh, no, I don't remember they did an exercise, guys, and uh, she was like, we're going to stare at each other. Oh, I forgot about that. You're going to stare at your at the left side of your partner because your left side is your feminine side. You know what? I, I heard like, that, and I, I, was like, just, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Right. And, and it, like, failed to register in my brain. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't understand. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what the fuck what the fuck that was and the one girl started crying and i was like ugh, they probably made her start crying <laughs> whatever i if don't know it just was you were, i could cry out. from looking a stranger in the eye for as long as they looked at each other in the eye the woman that she was staring at too there were a couple of times but they cut away but you could see the start where she was like she seemed a little bit more uncomfortable with the staring exercise and so she was like laughing a little bit and yeah i could certainly project my thoughts and emotions onto another person enough that I have made their life so sad that I can cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in any of those seminars. Me neither. I mean, I don't have a vagina, so I couldn't, but I do have a vulva though. <laughs> if you are in, a, if you had to be in a male equivalent, no, Nope. If you had to be in a male equivalent, equivalent, and you either had to take sensual portraits, do the staring and massage thing, 
look at your dick, balls, and taint together or watch a man wank off? Which would you prefer? Sensual portraits. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds the easiest. Uh, No, I'd rather the little massage stare thing. That's easier in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, guys, um, if you haven't watched it, I don't know if, I mean... Yeah, I don't know if this will make you want to watch it. Um, I, yeah, I watched one <laughs> that more That was episode. not our job. Yeah. I kind of, like I said, annoyed me that Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't really participate in everything. The one I watched, she did participate. But I feel like she probably only participates in, like, the easy shit. I don't feel like she really lets herself be vulnerable. And it's like, the only reason people are watching this is because it's a you thing. If Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't in it, no one would watch it. So, like, give the people what they want and fucking do this shit. Show everyone your vulva. Anyway. In the third episode of Goop's Netflix series, a female guest remarks that we women are seen as very dangerous when we're knowledgeable. Tell me about it, Gwyneth Paltrow knowingly replies amid mm-hmms, as if she's had firsthand under as if she has a firsthand understanding of this. But after watching just a few minutes of any of the six episodes of Goop Lab, one might be skeptical that Paltrow has ever borne any such burden in her life. In fact, <laughs> earlier in the same episode, the 47-year-old actor didn't even know what a vagina was. <laughs> and that is on a website called ARS Technica. Okay, no idea what that is. It's a is. well-written piece, but you know what? I, I This should also be no surprise. Um, women who write about it are much nicer than the men who write about this particular episode. One guy was like, when the vaginas came up on my screen, I just closed the laptop and... <laughs> couldn't watch anymore i mean okay don't be a pussy right oh haha nice nice i'm kind of glad i watched it i wouldn't like recommend i wouldn't be like yeah plugs let me just say uh you asked for plugs okay i'm gonna plug this i watched this episode and i was like i thought everybody knew all this stuff already like Like, when they're talking about the clitoral legs and the clitoral sack and all these things, but this is where it really matters, this is where... And I was just like, I thought we knew this stuff. You guys, in fact, you didn't mention a G-spot at all. You didn't talk about internal, you know... (laughs) Well, they did say that women have internal erections, and it is debated if the G-spot exists, and I've heard people say that when people think they're having some sort of, like, internal orgasm that our clitoris actually, like, is internal as well, that it's actually just right. clitoral stimulation. So the G-spot is supposedly a myth. Yeah, depending on who you ask. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean... So is, so is freedom in America, but, you know, you don't see me splitting hairs here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I still say the Pledge of Allegiance. But to, to my point, um, if I'm going to plug something... I am still single. So he's plugging himself? You're plugging yourself? And none of this stuff was extraordinary to me. I was like, I thought everybody got this stuff. So, yes, I am plugging myself on the single market. <laughs> Marissa, <laughs> what are you plugging? <laughs> Just, I want to say a joke about butt plugs, but I can't think of anything funny. So, no. And also, I've never used one, so I don't know if I should plug them. I am. <laughs> what? What's so funny? I don't know if I should plug them. <laughs> I don't know. Is it good? I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing. Sorry. Well, now I just look uh, very self-centered. Oh, wait, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to plug Pete Singledom. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, if you yeah, okay. if you got to this point in the episode, it's probably a little late to tell you, but yesterday we released on Patreon for our patron p- p- page of, uh, supporters, <laughs> patrons, yeah, the forty five minute conversation ish of me trying to explain um, Butt Boy and Swallow, these two movies that we recently mentioned on the podcast. So if yeah. you are a patron or you want to become a patron for as little as one dollar a month. You can sign up and get that. Uh, it's worth it to find out what Butt Boy is about without having to watch it. Yeah. Get on that, guys. Um, thank you for listening. You can call us at 570-POD-WOD-1. You could tell us if you have have an <laughs> opinion on a butt plug. You can tell us what you thought about the Goop episode. Um, you could tell us if you know the difference between a labia, a vagina, and a vulva. No Googling. Yeah. <laughs> you can slide into my DMs at risk vandal. Or you could, what else? I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, excuse me. Review us on iTunes. Stay safe, guys. And bye. bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.